Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. Hi, welcome back, everybody. It's Josh, we're your host, and today, just me again, just a short episode today. I wanted to go back and finish up our rookie ranks, but I'm not going to just go through the names. Look, we went through the top 24. I think that's enough. However, what I wanted to cover today was a little bit more of the late round flyers, high upside guys, guys that I would be chasing, that I'm targeting in the mid to late rounds. So that's all I wanted to talk about today. Probably a lot of you are already done with your rookie drafts, but maybe you still have some. Maybe you're in the middle of it right now and you don't know who you should be looking for in these middle rounds and late rounds. So I'm going to give you some names. We're going to go right into it. We, we left off at the top of the second. I should say the end of the second, right? And we did talk about some of these running backs that are right in there in my rankings in that 23, 24, 25, 26 range. A.J. Dillon, Joshua Kelly, LaMichael P. Ryan, Zach Moss. What are you doing with these guys? Like, how do you sort them out? How are they different? I'll tell you right now, one guy I'm not targeting is Zach Moss because he's just not as good as Singletary. He'll do enough to get some work. Um, I would compare him to, let's say, the Justin Jackson of Buffalo. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just going to be an—he's going to be annoyance in for Singletary, really. So I'm—I'm I'm glad I told you guys all to sell your Singletary, but not interested. I'll take him late enough, but I'm not that interested. Lamichael Piran, Gore, Frank Gore—he just signed with the Jets. That's going to really hurt. Some of the chances that P. Ryan had to get a little bit of work to show out for next season, and that's all he had to cling on to. So I'm afraid we're looking at just another kind of Elijah McGuire kind of situation where it's going to take injury for us to see him. And I don't have any hope of him really being anything or gaining value. So not who I'm really looking for. A.J. Dillon, I have him at the top of this group for a reason because he's getting dismissed as as a bit of a, a slow plotter. I guess not slow, but people say he doesn't have any agility. He doesn't have that sidestep that they, you know, the film people love to see, right? I don't I don't know. He can catch the ball. He caught the ball just as much as some of these other running backs that are considered receiving backs. Um you can say that was just raw volume, but he did. He did it. So I I think Dylan is an interesting compliment to Aaron Jones, and he could actually get some work. We saw Jamal Williams get work, but if they turn Aaron Jones a little bit more into the passing usage, which he got more of last year, and he should get more of it, Dylan could take more of the heavy lifting. Maybe that'll help Aaron Jones and his health, and maybe that's what they're thinking too. Joshua Kelly, this is the guy I wanted to get to here, and not because I really like him, but because... He's he's just okay. He's good. He's okay. But here's the problem. Right now in the news today, we've got we've got people freaking out about Austin Eckler and this being like a, a committee, a three-headed committee, because some uh, assistant coach said something about how we want him in a tandem or something like that. Guys, I can show you. I can I have it on my Twitter, Fusion at Fusion FFB, right? 
I can show you exactly where Coach Flynn last year in August was saying how it was going to be a committee. We're going to work both in, you know, Eckler will start, but Justin Jackson will come in and it'll be pretty even. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't even. Um, I have the stats for the first two games even. And it was 12 to 6 in rush attempts. Okay. But in targets, Eckler's getting six or seven for 90 something yards, a couple touchdowns, and just Jackson gets maybe one. And that's what matters. Plus, it's not like the Chargers don't run two running back sets. Um, the fourth most times of anyone in the league last year. Somewhere around, I believe it was 27, 29%. Fourth highest in the league last year. It Nothing's actually changed with this coach's statement. It is both accurate and misleading because it's technically accurate that they do use and probably will use the other backs here and there. The problem is it doesn't suggest how much and what kind of work. And Eckler is going to get more and he's going to get the valuable type. So this just went from being about rookie flyers to me telling you that Austin Eckler deserves to be a top 12 running back and don't buy. It's not hype. What is it? I don't even know what to call it. Fear? I don't know. Buy Austin Eckler. Go try and buy him. I saw this. I was like, this is crazy. You should go buy Austin Eckler. I also said... C.E.H. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire wishes he was good as Eckler. A lot of people agreed. Some people said, yeah, but that's not the point. The problem is points. I said, well, he does better. He's better at points, too. He's better in every way. Go trade your 101 for Eckler. I, I was joking. But that would be interesting. And I knew I had... I knew I had just drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in one league where I did get the 101, and I know, I know, I know, I had Jonathan Taylor as my 101, but in my builder ranks, I do, I'm sorry, not builder ranks, in my gambler and trader ranks, I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire higher, and so based on that kind of approach, I decided to take Edwards because I'm interested in trading him away for more because I need to rebuild that team. However, I went to go look and see who has Eckler, and um, it's me. I have him, of course, so I wasn't able to try and do that. I still will have to sell him for something at some point, but not Eckler. But you can go try that. If you got Clyde Edwards, if you have the 101, go see if you can get someone like Eckler plus. And you're going to get more points over the next couple of years than you will with Clyde. Anyway, that Clyde, that counts as a flyer, right? Because Eckler was the ultimate flyer. So we're looking for the next Eckler. Uh, okay, there's not there's not another Eckler in this class that we haven't already talked about. Sorry. If there is going to be one, it could be the maybe highest upside running back left on the board, Anthony McFarland. And he went to a really good situation with the Steelers. So I have him here at around what the 305 in a super flex, middle of the third. I've seen people taking him earlier and earlier. He is my in the gambler rankings, 23rd overall. You can see that's the end of the second. He's worth a gamble if that's what you need. And he's a little bit on the smaller side, but he's very quick, very fast, and 
explosive. So there you go. He could be he could be this year's quote unquote Austin Eckler as if. All right. We're gonna go through if you haven't figured this out, we're doing this by position. This is a very off the cuff podcast today. Uh short one. I'll try to get something else more out to you as the week goes as scheduling works out. I'm also just doing a lot more now that we're past the rookie draft. I'm starting to work on my projections for like the whole entire NFL. And that just takes some time. So if you if I disappear for a week, you could just assume I got a lot done that week for projections. So that's a good thing. Right, next I have Darrington Evans. He's around the 310 range in Superflex. Not quite as good as Anthony McFarland as far as the upside, but all around a solid. If it wasn't McFarland, it would have been Evans. He's a really good back. Unfortunately, actually, I, I can't even say unfortunately. He went to Tennessee. It's a decent spot. It really is, um, especially if they try to turn t- to dial down Henry's usage a little bit, and they could use Darrington Evans as their Dion Lewis. He's very comparable. So if they go back to that kind of combination, complementary setup, it's not really a committee. I don't know. Maybe they wanted to do more of a committee, but Dion Lewis just couldn't hold up, and Darrington Evans can. So that's why he is here again, higher in the gambler, twenty nine. That's uh, that's right where he just had McFarland, three hundred five. All right, and finally, Eno Benjamin is your kind of fourth, fifth round guy. If he's still on the board, you need some running back depth. Go ahead and grab him because he he actually is a really decent running back. And the situation in Arizona, um, he's probably behind Chase Edmonds, but. I could see him being a bit more of an every down back than Chase Edmonds. Uh, we've we've seen Edmonds struggle a little bit with that in the NFL. Maybe Eno Benjamin will too, but at least we don't. At least we haven't seen it, right? That's the only thought I have there. He could fight for that backup role behind Drake, and if Drake falters or goes down an injury, it could be Eno or Chase Edmonds, but at least I think he's got a decent shot. That's, I mean, there's some other names to know here. Raymond Calais went to, some people want to say Calais, Calais, I don't know if he's French or not, went to Tampa Bay. Some people are excited about him as a pass-catching running back. I, I tweeted this out earlier today, yesterday, trying to figure this out because people are talking about him like he's a receiving back, but he caught literally... 17 passes on 19 targets over the course of four years of college, and he was active all four years playing and being involved in the rushing, like rush attempts, in 78 games, and he only has 19 targets. How, I, I, Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. I don't understand how we can say he's a receiving back uh, when he caught less passes in college than Ronald Jones. And that's what we were criticizing Ronald Jones for. So I'm there's a little bit of disconnect there. I'm not sure some people maybe didn't read the whole sheet or maybe there's something I don't know. But I that's why I still like Dare Agunbowale there as kind of a little bit bigger, slower James White for t- Tom Brady. There you go. You need a, you need a late round guy. Maybe in your late rounds, this is something 
Okay, guys, this is something you should already know and should already be doing. I'm sorry I didn't mention it before. Always check the existing free agents. Your rookie draft is likely a rookie and free agent draft. It's not very common that there's purely rookie drafts. It's possible, but check it out. And maybe someone like Darare Agumbawale is there. Maybe. So check it out. I would take him above Raymond Calais at this point. Michael Warren went to Philadelphia. They needed another kind of grinder type with Howard's uh, leaving. And Boston Scott is a little bit smaller. And if there's a definition of a grinder, Michael Warren is it. He is not that fast. He is the, definitely, he is the, what we make fun of A.J. Dillon for being, except A.J. Dillon really is fast. But Michael Warren is that just bowling ball. So there you go. A lot of people like DJ Dallas. You'll hear that name brought up a lot. I don't know. I I like and I trust the people who are saying those things and really like him. I don't see it. I don't get it how he's any more special than some of these others. And he went to Seattle, which some of those people think is actually a good spot. And so I... I'm just hesitant. I've been actually buying Travis Homers and picking him up because he showed out pretty well. And Penny's going to be possibly on the uh, PUP list to start the season. And Carson's got that hip injury supposed to be supposedly going to be fine. But that's pretty thin. There's not many people between Travis Homer and the starting. If DJ Dallas is better than Travis Homer, then he'll be even closer to starting. So I can understand it's not unreasonable. That's enough for running backs. I pretty much talked about all of them because there's just not that many. I'm not going to talk about every single wide receiver. I'm not going to talk about them. Josh, not going to talk about every. Okay. Not going to talk about every wide receiver. Okay. After this group, there's a couple names I want to hit on. And people have been asking me, and I've not me, sometimes me, but all around, just asking everybody what what's going on with Van Jefferson? Because people are starting to see him even sneaking into the top of the to the end of the second round. I have him at the 303. Wide receiver 12. I have him a little bit later in the gambler ranks. And the reason is for that, he's high in the builder, low in the gambler, kind of in the middle on trader, because he is a very refined, ready to go like receiver right now. The problem is he just probably doesn't have the physical traits and talents to have much more of a ceiling. He's probably almost capped out already. And you see this, you see this a lot on teams like the Patriots where they'll bring in these undrafted free agent receivers like it's been Kendall Tonkins in the past, Jacoby Myers last year, and they're they're these players from smaller schools who played all four years and were really involved. And some reason they like they start getting more work than the than the guy they drafted in the third, second, first round, right? And people start freaking out about it. And that's great. I, w- I was very excited about Ken Burrell Tompkins. He's a fun player for like a season. But that's the problem. A season. That's all that you can really get out of them. They don't have anywhere to grow. So they have a great initial. They're ahead of everyone else, basically. The rest of their classmates coming in. They are ahead of the curve. But once those other guys catch up, they're actually able, they have the talents that is why they were drafted, right? 
to exceed them. And so Van Jefferson, I think, especially where he's going to the Rams, it's a great situation for him to step right in and actually get a decent amount of work, maybe even beat out Josh Reynolds, who's been there for a while and hasn't really fully taken advantage. Unless, of course, the coaching staff felt that he was ready and that's why they let Cooks go. That is possible. But either way, Van Jefferson has the chance to be the fourth wide receiver stepping in and then possibly more. I do not expect him to be anything long-term. If he hits, you trade him. That's it for him. Antonio Golden Gandy. I say I did it again. Antonio Gandy Golden went to Washington. This is a really interesting guy, and I have him a lot higher than some. You probably heard Peter Howard mention him when he was on here. He's just a really fascinating uh, receiver. Good size, speed, uh, metrics, everything you could really want. The problem was he was a lower division, not Division One, until his last year when Liberty came up, joined Division One. And he still improved. And I think that's the key. And that's why I am very hopeful about Antonio Gandy-Golden. Because one um, sidebar, he may actually be like a borderline genius. The guy is doing like four-sided Rubik's Cubes. and Yeah, he's just one of these really smart players who seems to pick up things and learn very quickly. And that's really good. That's a really good trait to have. If you have the physical abilities, plus you're able to learn quick, um, yeah, he can get coached up. Will he get coached up in Washington with Ron Rivera and the new coaches there? I don't know. But I'm willing to take the gamble and because he's the kind of guy who could end up a year from now being a solidified receiver there alongside McLaren, right? So you're going to have McLaren and Antonio Gandy-Golden being your one-two punch there. Um, Very complimentary. It would make sense. We're going to skip a little bit down. My next guy right around the 308, Tyler Johnson. Again, same thing. He did a lot of great work in college. There's not much a better place he could have gone than Tampa Bay where he has an opportunity to earn a kind of slot receiver role. I know Godwin worked out of the slot about half his time last year, but in three receiver sets, they can maybe have a more committed, dedicated guy for it. And that's what Tyler Johnson does. And he could be that guy for Tom Brady. So very interesting guy to keep an eye on. We're going to skip down into the fourth round to a pair of players I really like. First of all, Devin Duvernay around the 404 went to Baltimore. Great opportunity situation there. So again, opportunity for wide receivers doesn't mean he's going to be good. It just means he's going to get the chance to show it if he is good. Sometimes receivers go places and they don't even get a chance to show it. So all that we're saying here is opportunity. He's going to get a chance. And he's that kind of fast slot guy. He could take Willie Sneed's job. I mean, I really hope he should. Really, you should. Come on. It's Willie Sneed. How can you not be better than... I don't know. He's small. He's fast. He's agile. That's all you got to know about him. The other name here is Quintez Cephas, who will continue our uh, annual tradition 
of probably over ranking and drafting lots of players with Qs in their name. Um, last year's Quadre Allison, and apparently this year's this year's model is Quintez Cephas, wide receiver, went to Detroit. He's kind of a smaller Galladay, and I say that because he isn't very fast. He only scored a four seven on his forty, and that's kind of what hurt his his overall you know prospect grade. But um, overall, six two, two hundred pounds. Solid production. The interesting thing I'm hearing about him is he is really good at um, contested catches, and that's something that led the led the Lions to Galladay years back. And it's something that apparently Matthew Stafford really likes in his receivers as well. Maybe that's just I don't know. It's probably because he had Calvin Johnson and. That's what Calvin Johnson did, and he got used to it. I don't know. But Marvin Jones is not getting younger. Um, So if he gets injured, which he has on and off, there's opportunity there for a third wide receiver. The guys they picked up last year, Fulgham and something else I don't even remember, they they didn't really do much, nothing at all. Amendola is technically there still in the slot, but... Cephas could line up opposite Galladay if Marvin Jones goes down. Or if he just shows out, then if Marvin Jones, if the if the Lions move on from Marvin Jones next season, Cephas could slot in as the wide receiver two or three. And if you're saying, well, that's not really that great. Hey, we're talking about the end of the fourth, early fifth here. Okay, you're going to be picky. Yeah, didn't think so. Uh, last names I'm going to have here are Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, he barely snuck in t- inside the top here for me. But I do know some people... Um, I just heard... Yeah, it was... Uh, Tagliero was saying he really liked Donovan Peoples-Jones' opportunity in Cleveland to even take over that third spot away from Higgins. That's a little ambitious, but I can, I can understand that maybe... The death chart, it's solidified at the top, but after that, it might there might be more openings there than we think. So there you go. That's about all I got. That's the wide receivers. Um, I will note here, oh, there's one more guy. If you're going to go super late or even someone to pick up, you know, off waivers after draft is over. I got a couple of those names. One of them here is Kalijah Lipscomb. So Kalijah Lipscomb was a, is a UDFA, and he went to the Chiefs. And and that's it. That That's pretty much it. He, he's on the Chiefs. So there you go. End of analysis. Uh, no, you can look him up. There is, it's a decent-looking profile, but mostly, you know, Sammy Watkins gets hurt. Yeah. We've seen it. He could be this year's Pringle and Robinson and all that, basically. All right, tight ends. There's not much. There's not much. There really isn't. I don't trust Cole Komet. And it's not just because of his landing spot, because um, I don't... I try not to... I try not to hurt tight ends rankings just because of their... because of the depth chart, that there's like four other tight ends. There's a lot of teams that have all of these other tight ends, especially going into camp. But 
That does not mean that the best ones aren't going to just stick out. And so if they're good, they'll stick out and by the end of it, they'll get work. Um, my problem here is that I just feel he's like one of these all-arounders kind of trap. And I don't know if he's he's going to be worth anything to you in fantasy. Basically, it's a, I'm, I think he could be a really good NFL tight end, but maybe not for fantasy. Uh, my number one tight end is Adam Troutman. And this is a guy who was not in, you know, FBS. He's, uh, or no, he wasn't FBS. He was not in Division One CFB. I'm not a college guy. I don't know. But I just know he was not up in the other divisions. He went to Daytona. He was the first player drafted out of Daytona in 30-something years. Maybe they they probably had undrafted free agents, but as far as in the draft, drafted, um, he was drafted with the 41st pick in the third round. This is no joke. Very, very end of the third round, but still the third round to the Saints. Very intriguing. Apparently, he was a really big senior bowl hit. Everyone loved him. He was, um, like, demolishing people. Um... He's not quite as fast as the guys we've had that have surprised past years, like a Kittle, right? Um, But he's extremely agile. He does still have the size that you want because I'm done drafting six foot two tight ends, not doing it. I'm just not doing it anymore. Like you're you're a wide receiver, dude. You're small. You're you're a large, slow wide receiver. You're not a tight end that I want. At 6'2". I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just not doing it anymore. Anyway, back to Troutman. He is 6'6". Six, six, okay? Big boy, 255. But he's agile. Very agile. And everything else is just across the board decent, good. Like, not too crazy, but very agile. Good shuttle and three cone. Um, Pretty much that's it. But he went to the Saints and they really loved him. So pretty much just because of that, I'm going to give him a shot. Now, I have him in my Superflex rankings down here at the end of the third. Which is funny because that's where he went in the NFL draft. Now that I think about it. But if you have a tight end premium or especially a two tight end, I would move him all the way up into the early third, even late second. But particularly around the early third, you can snag him. Once you get past the 305 and any kind of premium, tight end premium area, he's probably going to disappear on you quick. You might still see some people taking like a Cole Komet or one of the other two um, tight ends that went to the Patriots that we'll talk about in a second. But I have Trauman ahead of those just because of potential and that's really what we need with the tight end. If you're not going to have a potential to be involved in the passing game and get me fantasy points, you can be a really great blocker. I'm not interested. Hayden Hurst, not interested. Two tight ends to the Patriots. One drafted with the third, uh, 27th pick in the third round, and the other one drafted with the 35th pick in the third round. Asiasi taken first, and Dalton Keene taken after that a lot of people really like Asiasi. He's sometimes even getting drafted ahead of Troutman. He is a, let's see, 
6'3", so he's a little bit smaller, right? Um, but he's he's pretty good size, fairly fairly good speed. Yeah, he suppose he has a pretty good. I don't I don't know. I, I'm not gonna try and make a case for him. I don't understand why he's being rated above Dalton Kane. So I'm gonna talk about Dalton Kane. So at the end of your uh, draft in two tight end or tight end premium leagues, I suggest you take Dalton Keene because he actually has, uh, if you look at the dominator ratings alone, okay, Devin Asiasi is going to look like he has more. You go to player profile, you look at dominator rating. It's just one number. It's usually taken off of a combination of career and best season. And or uh, best or last season, and they're often the same thing. So yes, Asiasi later in his career, college career, he did put up a more market share, dominator rating than Dalton Keene. However, Dalton Keene was doing it younger and more of it, and he is younger right now, and will be. He is twenty-one years old. He and uh, Cole Komet actually are both. I don't know how old Admin Trotman is. You know what? I meant to look that up. FF Spaceman finally found a date of birth for him. He told me that, but I I haven't I have not been I have not been brave enough to update my database for fear it would screw everything up. So I will have to go look that up. But um, he did play three years of college. Uh, I I believe he's at least twenty two. Asiasi's 23, Donkey's 21, like he said. So when you consider what he was doing at what age, I really like Dalton Keene better. He's also bigger, like I said, um, both both taller. He's not really that much heavier, maybe slightly faster, stronger, more burst for sure. Yeah, I just don't understand. It's Dalton Keene. He's the better of the two. Go get Dalton Keene. If if this is Hernandez and Gronk, Asiasi is Hernandez minus, you know, murdering thing. And Don Keene is your Gronk. Now, I don't think either of them are that. I'm just saying as far as how they would complement and what they would be, Dalton Keene, I think, is more of that all-around bigger tight end that you're actually going to want to be able to consistently start. That's all I'm trying to say. Interesting other guys, uh, Bryson Hopkins ended up landing uh, in the fourth round to the Rams, which is interesting because Everett, Gerald Everett's on his last year of his contract, so that's probably what you hope is going to be. I'll leave you one last name in tight end land, Jacob Breland. We talked about how age matters and uh, market share matters and all that. Jacob Reland was doing a lot and he had a young age. Um, was very surprised to see him not drafted, but has one of the better, he was one of the better scores in my model, which uses a number of things, primarily market share, but he ended up as a free agent going to Baltimore. So there you go. They love tight ends. What can I say? They can't help themselves. But uh, they probably are actually going to give him opportunity too. So check it out. At Young, athletic. I like him. 
that's all I got, guys. Um, again, keep an eye on the feed. I may be dropping something, and it probably won't be normal like Thursday, Friday, like I drop these. So if I don't have anything out there, if you have any questions, hit me up. Actually give me something to talk about in these next several weeks. I'll be trying to get guests, but there's also going to be a lot of time. Like I said, I'm working on projections and things like that. So there's not a lot of new things to talk about, and I don't want to talk about something just to talk. One of the things I do want to have is have another one of these kind of debate podcasts. So I've got a couple of those coming up. Those are going to be a lot of fun. Also, if, if you have any smaller ideas or debates or topics of discussion that you feel need to be dug into more, maybe even in a debate format, go ahead and hit me up. You can email fusionffb at gmail.com. You can you can DM me on Twitter, at FusionFFB. Easy options. Have a good night. You will hear from me the next time you turn on this podcast. Was that vague enough? <laughs>